Welcome to EB Spoke, the podcast. Today's episode, information security and the business leader. Let's get going. Today we have Mark Grenian, VP of Consulting with Improving. Looking forward to the conversation today. We're going to be talking about the business leader perspective on cybersecurity. How should a business leader think about the risk, the information security problems that they face, and how do they trust the team? I think it's going to be a great conversation. So Mark, why don't you introduce yourself and let's get going. Sure. So first, thank you for having me, Eric. Happy to be a part of this and an interesting topic to kind of dig into today. So my name is Mark Brennan. I am a VP of Consulting with Improving, part of our Atlanta office of 17 offices throughout North America. So we just help with IT services and everything to help your business run more effectively and deal with some of the, kind of the issues we'll be talking about here with today. And I think it's probably worth catching at this point, too, so yeah, you mentioned vice president of consulting, but I think you have a business experience that goes beyond even consulting, right? Maybe talk a little bit about your own business experience, maybe. Happy to. So in the previous life, I was a entrepreneur, ran, ran a few different businesses as far as some franchises, as well as doing, it's called website management, probably the easiest way to package okay. it up, portfolio of kind of high dollar websites that kind of added value in the entertainment space. So probably three to four years with that business before I branched out and joined Improving. So yes, very much business-minded. And that's that's really how I, even though I'm in a technology space, my, I start from a business perspective first. And, and the question I ask is how can technology help facilitate the business more so than putting technology first? I think that's what's valuable about today's conversation because this is the first of many different conversations I'm having with different business leaders. And today, the focus really is almost that CEO, that founder, that first, the, the true business leader, right? Not the technical, not marketing, all those things matter. And those are going to be conversations in the future. But just for those who are listening to this, the focus really is that, that business first, everything else second perspective. And, and then how does cybersecurity flow into that conversation? That's the, the value that we're bringing to today's conversation. So appreciate you sharing that background as well. I think it, it ties well to where we're headed. And so Obviously, your current business, your current experience is in a world that is very aware of cybersecurity, the risks, the concerns, and maybe that was true earlier in your career as well. But I think depending on when that was, less so. It's it's one of those things that has increased over the years. But as you're thinking about things today, what are some of the kind of top of mind cybersecurity concerns you think a business leader should be asking themselves that they should be talking about? I'm just curious, again, the non-technical side, where is cybersecurity in your mental radar? Yeah, that's, I think that's part of the challenge is there's so many aspects of cybersecurity at this point. It's, it's almost hard to put your arms around all of those different pieces well. It feels like, okay, I've got A, B, and C taken care of. Well, where's the rest of the alphabet? Technology is moving so fast when we talk about AI and everything within that space. It's very difficult as a technology, as a business leader and a technology professional just to keep up with that pace and to understand, well, how does that impact security? How is this moving? I was reading a it was J.P. Morgan Chase the other day. Billions of attacks every single day. What does that look right. like? How can we keep pace? And what does the future look like for security? And how do, from a from a consulting standpoint, how do we pr- help protect our clients? How do we help advise them and make sure that we can help them navigate this very kind of tricky area that we're in right now. So that's that's the broader concern kind of in, in my mind. When I think about it from a business perspective, it really kind of rotates around, you know, what does that financial loss look like? What is the reputational damage? 
regulatory concerns. You know, there's lots of our clients yep. that kind of deal in that space. Like I say, there's so many different layers that it feels like once you feel like you have a good grasp on one, are we are we sufficiently even addressing the other areas that are of equal concern? So that's kind of where my head is at. Yeah. And I think there's several good points there. I want to go back to first, the AI. I think there's just something to, to dive into there a little bit later. But second, you talked about JP Morgan talking about, you said billions. I, I believe that was the, uh, the, right. the statistic whether it's millions, that I heard this past week. It was, whether it's millions or billions, right? That's it was, a big number. It was, it was a crazy number. But I think what I wanted to dive in there is JP Morgan is aware that there are millions or billions of these attacks, right? How many businesses? I'll, I'll give you an actual number. It was 45 billion. That was the- 45 billion. Exactly. And that's what they're aware of, exactly. right? Yeah. We, we assume there's more that they aren't aware of. Mm-hmm. But I think they're probably unique on and maybe other Fortune, you know, 500 and big, larger companies maybe be in a similar spot that they have awareness of those numbers. How likely is it that the small and medium business even knows that they have one attack? Like, is that something, as, if you're running a business, are you aware of the number of attacks if you're not JP Morgan with a huge staff focused on that? Yeah, I would, I would say likely not. I would say from, we talked about kind of my previous experiences, there were there were tools that we could kind of use through our websites to, to see how when we were getting attacked and denial of service and those sort of things and get kind of real time statistics published. But you're right. I don't know that most businesses that aren't kind of acutely aware of this space are are putting those measures into place to make sure that they are protected and that they're in a good position from that respect. And more specifically, even if they are, isn't that the IT team's problem? Like everything you just talked about, um, denial of service and other sort of attacks that you may be aware of if you're running a website, do those even bubble up to the business leadership? That's a good question. They should, but I'm not entirely sure that they actually do. That from from my perspective, and my perspective very much is a a career in technology moving over to the business side of of late. I view it very much of that ever-present danger, the, the risk mitigation kind of in the back of my head at all times. I don't know that all business leaders view it as such. I think you're right. They are pushing responsibility off. Like, you've got that. that. That is my CISO's responsibility. That's my CIO's responsibility. Let me go run the business and you guys highlight if there's anything I really need to be concerned about. But I feel like in our current environment that all business executives need to have a better understanding and a closer touch to those concerns because these concerns can wreck our entire business if we are not careful. So having a hands-off approach does not suit us well. I think that's where I want to take the conversation next. You said wreck our business. If I have a business today, what, no matter what it is, I've heard cybersecurity is bad. I've heard you know, phishing attempts, all those, the words about right. cybersecurity. Where should I be thinking about it from a risk perspective? You said wreck our business. What is that? What do you think that translates to from your perspective? We've had, I have been clients, customers that have had ransomware attacks that have basically shut their systems down and basically rendered them inoperable for weeks to months at a time. That, that is that is a seismic effect on your business. If I can't transact business because I can't get into my computers, I don't trust right. my systems, then imagine the financial impact that goes along with that. And again, that, that trust in our systems. Of if I don't trust our systems are secure, then I have to, I have to think twice about every single email that hits my email box. I have to... Yep. I, I can't effectively, you know, it's that the integrity of my business, that four-legged stool. If I whack out one of those legs, then 
sure, I could still sit upright on that stool, but I have to work a lot harder just to do basic things within my business because I lack that integrity. That that security profile is not secure. I think it's an interesting exercise to ask a business now, especially if you've been in business a long time, you may have a file cabinet with papers. You may have paper invoices that you used to send out. Could you do that today? Could you, do you even have a client list of your current customers that's not some that's not in a electronic system? If, if today you can't access your CRM, do you even know the phone numbers of your customers to, to reach out yeah. to? Could you do the work? Could you build them for the work? I think people so depend on technology that we don't even have a way to go backwards at this point. We can't switch to paper operations. I think it was an airline that had a systems outage. I don't think it was a breach, but they actually did fall back to paper process because part of their emergency operation plan is to have paper processes that they can fall right. back to. Yeah. How many businesses still have that though? I would say few and far between, especially in the small and medium. Yeah, I, I think a lot of businesses have good intentions when it comes to that. I know I've worked with a client who one of their files on their device got corrupted. They were supposed to be having a paper trail of all the kind of the orders they had worked that was their process. And of course, you don't see the process is broken until that device gets corrupted. And I think processes are great, but if there's no oversight, no kind of governance behind that, then yep. it doesn't help you all. Exactly. So we talked a little bit about how it can be bad for your business for all sorts of reasons from operational, you can't operate the business. Worst case scenario, you can be put out of business if you're if it's a bad enough breach and, and the goodwill gets taken away from your company. And so these are, none of these are technical problems. None of these are technical concerns, right? These are business risks. And so I know I personally have talked a lot about that cybersecurity is a form of risk management. Cybersecurity should be talked about to business leaders in a risk management language. What's your perspective on that? What are the terms? What's the language that you think is an effective way? So if I'm in a CISO role and I have these concerns about the cybersecurity, about the information security, any of those security concerns, What's the right language? How am I approaching you as a business leader to talk about it, to elevate it to the right level that you should be paying attention and to get your business leader, your appropriate level of focus and attention to these concerns? Because again, some of it's IT and should stay below that fold. Sure. In my mind, I, I see it. Again, we talked about kind of that risk mitigation, essentially insurance. I mean, we, we have insurance on our house, our cars, the very important things in our lives that if things went sideways, that we would need special circumstances to kind of come in and help us recover from that. It is the kind of that mindset of this is almost active insurance of something that I'm keeping on top of every single day, that we have certain peoples in that role that can help us navigate you know, what that looks like for the future, what that looks like for our company, and just making sure that we we position the importance of this activity, what the potential impact could be if we do not position it effectively, and how we can get the organization thinking in terms of best protections, whether it be training our people, making sure the, the social engineering side of things doesn't kind of back up on us and catch us off guard because we think, oh, well, we've secured our systems over here, but we haven't appropriately equipped our people, then we've only done at most maybe 20% of the battle. So there's lots of pieces to it to help our business leaders understand what we're looking at here, what the potential impact is, and what does satisfying that actually look like? There's, again, kind of going back to the beginning of the conversation, there's kind of so many different layers of this. I don't know that business leaders as a whole necessarily understand the scope of all of the different things cybersecurity touches and and what, you know, cloud is obviously very pervasive at this point and becoming a part of everybody's business landscape. Cloud is moving so fast as well. There's new services, there's new things that net there, pretty much everything they're kind of expecting the end user to kind of 
own and from a security standpoint, yes, they're helping with certain pieces, but there's new responsibilities that are getting put on me every day as a business leader, as a technology executive that weren't there yesterday. So how am I kind of keeping in front of that? How am I, what does that knowledge look like? How am I making sure that we're in a good place? So I want to come back to the second part of how do you keep up with that? How do you, how do you focus? Uh, especially if you're thinking you're out selling, you're out operating the business. Right. These are concerns that are coming, but let's go back to the insurance comment. I think that's interesting perspective because cybersecurity requires certain defenses, requires certain expenses, right? To, you mentioned user training. Mm -hmm. There could be virus scanning, email scanning, all the sort of things that help build defenses against the attacks all cost money. And how do you, if you are making that expense decision, what are you using to make that calculation? And you, you mentioned insurance, and I think insurance is a great analogy for that same reason. If I have a factory and that factory could burn down, there's an insurance formula that says, here's what it's worth. Here's what, how much the policy is going to cost to insure your factory. There's, it's a well-established hundreds of years of data on that. Is there a similar, from your perspective, way of thinking about the cybersecurity risk and the expenses that I'm willing to spend as a business leader, as a business owner, to have that security too. Because again, I could buy all the products and still get hacked. It's not about, I didn't spend enough. There's no such thing as you spent enough. Now you're fine. There's no hundred percent. Right. So I'm curious if you have thoughts on that. Yeah. Spending just half the game. If we're spending without a plan, and even, even the best plan, you make a great point. I can throw as much money at it. I can have the most brilliant plan in the world and still a hack could happen. That's just the reality of the world we inhabit. But for, from my perspective, as far as how we kind of assess that, it kind of goes back to what we were talking about before. If I had to go back to paper-based business, what is the impact from my revenue perspective, what I'm bringing in this month, this quarter, what have you? Can I bat, I should be able to back into what doing that thought exercise, what is the actual impact from a dollar's perspective of being offline? of not being able to access systems, not being able to conduct business in the way that we become accustomed to. In our new world, things are changing, have changed every year. They've changed dramatically through COVID and work from home and everything else. We are very reliant on kind of this form of work. I think it would be very difficult for us to go back to the way things were and our business partners too. You know, we have to look at that reputational risk of, you know, I got something in the mail the other day a couple of weeks ago saying my previous mortgager had gotten a data breach. And, you know, that makes me think as a client of theirs, I don't do, you know, my, my mortgage has been transferred to another lender now, but I, I question is like, do I want to do business with a company that is not taking those measures? And from a business to business standpoint, it, it does reflect kind of very badly on your partners when they're not doing their due diligence to make sure that they are operating within a secure environment. I think reputation is one of the things that people lose sight of in the small medium business because you hear about the big breaches. You hear about a Target yeah. or a Home Depot from the years past or even Equifax, right? Yes, it does mm -hmm. reputational damage, but the company is so big that it doesn't really do any reputation. Did you stop shopping at Target just because you heard it got breached? Maybe for a week, right? But then you need something. You got to go to Target. You can't just all of a sudden shift all your shopping. Same thing with the, the big three credit bureaus. We don't even pick them. We don't use them. They right. They use us instead. So it doesn't matter that the reputation got damaged because business continues and it's right. going to keep going to those big players. That's not the same if you're a small business. You can be shut down really fast if the bad thing happens to your business and the public finds out okay. or your customers. Yeah, it's a, it's a tremendous risk. So, you know, from that standpoint, when we're talking about the actual cost, that has to be up there as far as your reputational risk of what happens if this impact is so much that our business goes away. Yep. What, what is that worth to us? What is the investment that we're making in these measures 
going to help us. I don't see how that doesn't enter the conversation and become a kind of a key point of the value behind this exercise. And so I think the call out from, from that is to go back to the second point you were making earlier about having awareness of this and having, as a business leader, I have a focus on the operational risk to my business, right? That's kind of the, maybe a nutshell version of that. Now I need to know that that's being covered. I need to be able to talk to somebody who is familiar with the technical side of the risk and then can translate that. One of my points that I like to make is that the CISO has that obligation to communicate the technical risk in, in the business risk framework, to talk about the revenue lost and percent likelihood, the kind of established risk calculation formulas. But you were talking about how the business person needs to have that concept of, of what risk that they're accepting and what risk they are mitigating, all the things that go into that. But I think, and I wanna get your thoughts on this, that's where the trust basically gets handed over to their security team, their IT team, the leadership, the, the CISO, right? The, the CTO, the CIO. Yeah. As a business leader, I need to have awareness around potential impacts, what potential risks are out there, how we are going about kind of putting measures in place to help. And, and as you say, not, not all risks are created equal. There are some things that we, we have to deal with right now. There's some things we can deal with a month from now, but there's some things that maybe we we could just hold off on, maybe come back and revisit them in the future. But as a business leader, to your point earlier, my obligation to my stakeholders is running our business. It's going out and finding our next sale. Uh, it's trying to make sure we are operationally efficient. This is just a very small piece of the overall whole of, of kind of what's in my scope. And I have to rely on Know, the trusted people around me to kind of take that piece and do it well. And what, what I ask from them is to help me understand the awareness of your world, help me support you and whatever that looks like. And then ultimately, I have to make some of those tough decisions when it comes to things like budgets and what is, yes, we have all these risks, but reasonably, here's what I can spend to help ensure and mitigate some of the things. So it is a balancing act. But as a business professional, I do have to trust somebody else to own that role and to do it well and to help bring me in when it makes sense and not let it be a thing weighing on my world. As a, I'm a business leader, I recognize we have these risks. And I think Anyone who's senior enough in the IT world, senior enough in this information security world, they get this too. But there are more risks to the business than just the ones we're talking about. Sure. There's a risk of if I spend all my money on cybersecurity products, I won't have any money to pay salespeople. And therefore, we won't sell. And we won't have customers. That's a bigger risk at that point. Not having customers is worse than having a very secure environment. And so these risks live in a spectrum of all of the operational risks to the business, not just even though they get a lot of attention in the news, they're not the only risks that you are balancing against. Where am I going to be spending money to grow the business, to keep the business operationally sound? Some of that has to be information security, but not all of it. So I think that's a, there's a balance. And again, I believe the senior leadership in any of these spaces understands that and recognizes they are part of a bigger whole, but it's probably just worth repeating because it's easy to get caught up in, this is my world. Why aren't you paying attention to my world? My world's important, yes, but it's only a slice. Right. I think the other thing that, that you hinted at at one point was we talked a little bit about percents and, and some metrics. So as you're thinking about it, as you're thinking about information security, the risks, are there actual metrics that you think are important, key risk indicators, but from an information security perspective specifically, any kind of metrics that you think matter to the business leader that I, as a cybersecurity professional, need to make sure I'm bubbling up and, and reporting to you on a regular basis? There's probably some a spectrum of some business-minded leaders are more tech-focused, and yeah. those metrics are more meaningful to them. 
versus some are very much not so, and it's just noise to them. I, I have put you in charge of, of managing that piece. So yep. you you help understand those metrics. So I don't have to as much, but- uh, But you want to know that your dollar is well spent, right? So- Right, right. So so help, help me understand you know, I'm thinking of it more from kind of the, the layman's perspective. Help me understand our security footprint. What, where are our risks? How are we addressing those risks? Help me understand if we're not addressing these over here, why? I view it more as, as from the business leader perspective, less of give me hard numbers versus help me understand what these risks are and how we're, how we're sure. addressing them. I do believe if I had $45 billion at tax that I was fending off, I'd probably put that on my PowerPoint to you though, right? To, yes. to say, this is money well spent because see, this right. is what we stopped. Right. And then that's, that's, again, that's part of that awareness of how are we, how are we bubbling up these risks and what we are seeing within the environment? So, so when we have kind of tangible things that we had 45 billion attacks every single day, that's a very meaningful number. So yeah. my, my next logical follow-up question is, okay, well, what are we doing about that? What, what measures are being put in place to address that? How did you arrive at that number? I'm sure their security footprint is about as good as it can get. But most, as we were saying before, small to medium-sized businesses aren't going to have those resources, the, that reporting mechanisms, all of the things to get at and identify exactly what that means for their business. So they're going to come at it from a slightly different place, but no, yeah. no less important, of course. So I want to get back to that AI topic that we, we hinted at earlier on, but to, to kind of shift gears there first, are there any kind of closing thoughts that you have that you want me, the CISO, to know as I'm thinking about all the technical details and all the, the ways that everything we've just been talking about, there's tons of technical details, there's tons mm -hmm. of products, I've installed all these systems, yeah. all these threats that I'm tracking and monitoring and, and mitigating, all that fun stuff that's happening from my perspective. What are some parting thoughts you want to make sure that I'm thinking about? And then right. we'll talk about AI. Right. Just as the business leader, I think the, the core thing is to see where cybersecurity fits in the greater whole of the business and how given budget concerns and resource concerns, we can help address these very real problems, but keeping it within the context of our daily business and knowledge of sales were light last year. So I've got to go hire some new salespeople. So cybersecurity is not right. top of my list of things that I have to worry about right now. And just seeing that, yes, I am concerned. I do need awareness. I want to understand what you're doing, but reality is, is my focus is elsewhere. So it, it is helping with the understanding, helping with the awareness, helping understand what measures are being put into place to help solve these problems and letting me go do my thing. So fortunately or unfortunately, probably the best in the space is when things are quiet, things are going well and things are not, then there's hyper-focus right. towards that one thing. So that's the, I, I would say the rub in the situation of there's lots of, kind of unsung actions, if you will, in this space of yes. we're doing a great job, but nobody notices it because there's no problems. And that's exactly. that. that that's not just security. That's the IT space in general. Of, there's no five alarm fires today, so somebody's doing their job. But it's not, right. not always necessarily clear who's doing their job. So. Yeah, yeah. The best way to find out how important IT is is to ask them to stop doing something, right? And then right. You see who complains. So you mentioned AI at the beginning, and I think that what, what's fascinating about that, I'm not even going to go into the cybersecurity side of AI because that's another conversation. I heard an interesting quote last year where 
from a CEO perspective, from a senior executive perspective, AI is basically the next most exciting thing since the BlackBerry. It's the technology that they, if you're a CEO, if you're a high level executive, you actually are excited about that technology. You already are playing with it. You're using it because it's new, it's different. And the way you use it is a revolution. Again, I'm not even evaluating the underlying technical stuff. Just as a business leader, it's like, this is a cool thing that I can play with today. And and we haven't seen a technology like that since the BlackBerry, which was also a huge hit with senior leadership. So if that is true, we'll just make that assumption that senior executives are excited about AI and its potential and are already using it. Then we have compliance and then we have security and then we have all these other concerns trying to come in. I don't know about your organization, but I know many organizations have a a slow approach to adding AI to the general workforce. Let's not dive in too fast. Let's not, to the point that even in highly regulated, they're downright no. No, you cannot use these technologies. Because we don't understand the risk yet, we can't be the ones to figure out what's wrong with it. In our healthcare, can't have patient data out in a public AI, right? That's just not possible. So we're going to say no first, and then maybe we'll back our way into a cautious yes. But if the senior leadership is just diving straight in, what are your thoughts on how that balance strikes? I think it's very important technology leadership, the CISO, to help senior leadership understand what those potential risks are, what that impact is. They see it from a chat GPT perspective of, look at this great thing over here that's telling me everything that I ever want to know about the universe. But the, the risks aren't necessarily self-evident behind that. The business application as well, you know, what does that look like? What is, it, what is the use case for my business? They may hear from their fellow CEO about the awesome things that is doing over here in this fellow logistics space. They may be approaching their IT leaders like, like let's do this. Look at the impact that it's making on our fellow business over here. And as IT leaders, we have to be the ones to pump the brakes a little bit and say, this is interesting. We would love to go explore this for you, but just be aware that there could be risk involved here that we need to make sure that we're taking into account. We're not just rushing into something that's, yes, it's cool. Yes, this is going to impact business hugely in the future, but we need to understand what the impact is to us. We can't just assume because our our fellow business partner over here is maximizing AI in this way that necessarily it it works in the same way in our business. So we, need, we do need to have a, a little bit of a caution and make sure we're approaching it in the right way, not necessarily just kind of racing ahead and seeing the problems that crop up after the fact. So it's still a balanced risk approach, despite the excitement, despite the maybe even a bit of you know, fear of missing out, right? If, if all Definitely. my CEO friends are doing it, why am I not doing it? Right? Where's my... Yeah, it's part of the, the media context, too, of you can't turn on a TV or go on a, a website these days right. without hearing about the impact of AI and how it's, right. and I would say that's, that's overblown. There are certain people that are putting it into use, but I think we just kind of scratched the surface of what it can be. So in my mind, it's more important for us to understand how does bringing AI into our business impact our business and making sure that we're setting forth a proper policies and and compliance to make sure that when we do introduce it into our systems, it's done in the right way. And we've done our homework and it doesn't end up biting us in the end. Because I've seen the kind of the flip side of this of people racing into the cloud and had clients that, oh, let's put this new thing into place and then have a bad experience. And they set their cloud journey back probably two or three years because they didn't do their due diligence and they, they made some bad decisions got a bad taste in their mouth. And now they have to kind of get back to a, the the excitement and the good place that they were at the beginning because they had such a bad experience, just kind of bracing in without, without doing that. Heading into something that has a lot of uncertainty, 
as risk. And if there's a theme that's pervaded our conversation today, it's it's risk, understanding risk, managing risk, right. all, all those things you're talking about, all the things that you can't do anymore without hearing about AI, even a, a podcast episode. I was going to talk about AI, right? It's a very important topic. It is. I think businesses that aren't trying to understand how it impacts their business and trying to get ahead of it are going to find themselves in a bad place two, three years down the line. The space is moving so fast. It behooves all of us to really give it the time to look at it and reflect on, here's what our business is today. It, it kind of strikes me like when the internet came along, within a within right. a three to five year period, every, business changed so dramatically. It's going to be a similar story, but I, I don't think any of us necessarily understand what that looks like. But it is time for us to start having those conversations and figuring out what is the impact of this to our business? Absolutely. So I know we're getting close here on time. Any parting thoughts that you want to share with us as we close things up? I, I think this has been a, a fantastic talk. Thank you again, Eric, for having me. And, and I think you hit the nail on the head. This really is about that risk. How are we preparing for it? How are we ensuring that we can run our business effectively? How are we kind of keeping in the context of the broader whole of the operations and how we can be effective as business leaders and give it the amount of energy and attention that it needs because it will bite us if we do not. We can't just ignore this and hope it goes away. There are cyber actors working tirelessly every single hour, every single day to breach us, to get what they want. And at the end of the day, we have to make sure this is a priority for our business. Thank you, Mark, for joining me. And I look forward to the next time we chat. This was EV Spoke, the podcast, where Mark Runyon and I spoke about information security from the business leader's perspective. In future episodes, I and my guests will also discuss this from a marketing, compliance, operations, and more. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app to not miss them.